Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Online Church. We are so happy that you could join us this morning. Let's take a look at our announcements for the upcoming week. Every Monday we dedicate to prayer and fasting as a church. Join us for corporate prayer right here at the church building from 5.30 to 7 p.m. On the 24th of October, we will be having our Making Disciples training. If you want to know and learn how to help others follow Jesus, please attend this event from 9 to 3 p.m. and the cost will be $60 per person. You can also sign up on our events page on our website or contact our church office at 0811-270-611. And we invite you to donate to our We Care ministry. One or more of the following items that are on your screen. Please do bring these items to the church office during the weekdays. Cash donations are also welcome and can be deposited into the church account. Remember to reference WeCare. You can still pay your tithe and offering by using any of the available platforms, PayToday, PayPals or EFT. And to find out more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website at www. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church. It's a great privilege for us to continue to meet together and continue to engage despite everything that's going on. And uh, God is good and His Word is always relevant to our lives. I just want to emphasize once again the importance of all the announcements that come up before the message so that you continue to participate in the life of the church beyond just the messages that we're sharing here. There are different things that take place during the week in order for you to, to grow spiritually and to continue to enrich your life spiritually. And I'd also like to just advise you concerning the importance of meeting together. So at the moment, we're not meeting in the church venue yet, but please make an effort if you can meet with your connect group or if you can meet together with family. It's important to share the word together and to fellowship together. And uh, today we're starting with a wonderful new series concerning the end times. And um, over the next four weeks, we'll be covering different subjects and uh, we'll speak just now about the, the motivation for having this series. But the important thing here is that the Word of God should always be the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path for you and for your family. And so it's important that you always have that focus. So before we go into the message, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You have the first word and the last word concerning our lives. And this morning, it's our privilege to be around your word and to look into the scriptures concerning what you want to say to us today. I pray, Lord, that you'll touch our hearts, that you'll speak to each one of us, Lord God, and that you will come and transform our lives through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a subject like the end times tends to elucidate so many different responses and reactions in people's minds. Many times we're reminded of 
many predictions that people have made about the end of the world, Armageddon, whether you're looking at the Mayan calendar or you're following a movie about 2012, or whether you're reminded of Y2K when the world was meant to end and computers were going to go haywire. And all of those times, there were many people that had a sense that the world was coming to an end and that we were basically on the last day. And the reason why this is so important is because the Bible teaches about it. And we'll be covering over the next three weeks these subjects related to the end times primarily because it is a teaching of the Word of God and it is relevant to your life. Secondly, we're going to cover it because Jesus also spoke about the end times, and we are ministering consistent with his truth. Thirdly, there is a lot of speculation about the end times. I'm reminded of a very popular song growing up in church that we've learned called, Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. And we'd sing it, and I think Brenda Fassi also even did a, a, a version of this song. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the king, no more dying there, and all the tears will be wiped away. And that song was actually written in 1978. So it dates back to the 70s, and if you consider that that was the time when they were singing soon and very soon, we are now in the year 2020, and the ones who were children at that time are now in their 40s and 50s and wondering about the relevance of that song. Moreover, the promises in the scriptures about the end times tend to point or paint a picture that it's, it's eminent, it's, it's any day now. And it encourages us to live soberly and ready. And it is important that as we go through this series, not that you sell everything and, and find a bunker somewhere where you and your family will be sheltered because the world is coming to an end, but there is a certain attitude and disposition that we need to live our lives by, regardless of whether the end times are now as in next week. Many of us are going to have our own personal end time if we happen to die tomorrow. So regardless of what happens when Jesus actually returns on the clouds, you might need to prepare yourself because your end time might be this very weekend. And so what we believe concerning the end times has a drastic effect upon our lives. And so we're going to cover these three subjects. In the first week today, we'll deal with the importance of Bible prophecy We'll just look at the, at the concept of Bible prophecy and, and the importance of that in relation to the subject. And then next week, we'll touch a little bit on the, prophes, uh, on the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. And we'll also highlight the importance of Israel as a nation and also the importance of the Jewish calendar. And then in the third week, we'll deal with the prophecies and the promises of Jesus and what he said concerning the end times, and we'll give encouragements in every message about how you ought to respond in light of the truth that we're hearing. So first and foremost, what is biblical prophecy? Now I'm speaking here not of the gift of prophecy or even of the office of the prophet, I'm speaking about the generic term of prophecy in relation to the scriptures. Biblical prophecy is a declaration 
of divine revelation or truth. Revelation is unveiling, something that was hidden that is now uncovered. So uh, the, the, uh, the prophecy is, biblical prophecy is the declaration of divine revelation and truths by means of words. And these can be predictive or causative. So when we're looking at biblical prophecy, we're considering mainly the text of the scriptures, which is the Bible, all the way from Genesis through to Revelation. And we're considering how God is in the scriptures making a prophecy, which is a divine declaration, and it's a revelation concerning what is true. And it is a revelation about God, and it is coming to us through words, through words. And this can be either predicting the future or causing the future. Now, the first principle that we should understand today is that Bible prophecy is important because God does everything by his word. God does everything by his word. This is very critical for you to understand who God is and what God is like. You have to engage his word. We're reading here in Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1. And if you follow me, you'll pick it up here in verse 3. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. And then verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds or the ages, the Greek word is aeons, the worlds or the ages, the times and seasons, were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 3 again, by faith we understand that the worlds or the ages were framed by the word of God. So God's word is what frames our whole entire universe and also our existence, the realities of it, and also the course of life, the age that we are in. It's all framed by the word of God. Genesis chapter 1 Going back to the creation from verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. How? It says, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, or brooding over the waters. And verse 3, it says, And God said, God spoke, and he said, Let there be light, and there was light. So God does everything by his word. Whatever he accomplishes, he initiates it through his word. And you might say also that the thoughts of God are manifested through the words of God. If you want to know what God thinks about something, you need to pick up his word concerning it. There is no separation between God's mind and God's word. God's mind is manifested in his word. And whatever God says becomes it. So we're dealing with the importance of Bible prophecy in the context that this is why it's so relevant. 
If you are ignorant about what's in the Bible, you're actually ignorant about how the world works and what God has spoken concerning what is real and concerning the times and the seasons that the, the course of the age is taking. And over the next few weeks, we will give you examples, even some clippings from news and what's happening around the world. We'll take it back all the way to, to uh, ancient civilizations to explain how God's word was manifested into the earth and how it began to affect the affairs of men. Last week, Philip was speaking about how in the beginning there was a prophecy that God made about how the seed of the woman would crush the heel of the serpent. This was at the beginning, and that was fulfilled by Christ's manifestation. And so God, in his wisdom, is ruling by his word. And this is one of the reasons why we are so, uh, so um, similar to God in that sense, because we're made in his image. We are speaking spirits. We are speaking spirits. And in the realm of the spirit, the word dominates. And the word of the king is most dominant. All right. So the first principle here is God does everything by his word. That also means that if God is going to to do something in your life personally. He will do it through his word. Whether he does it by sending his word directly to you, as is happening this morning, or sending his word indirectly to you by sending it to someone else who reaches to you, it still will come to you through the initiative of the word of God. And that is the, the foundational premise of biblical prophecy. It's divine revelation the word of God coming to us. The second principle is that God's words cannot fail. God's words cannot fail. Someone made the example to say that if something, if, if we see a color on the, on the wall and they say that that color is red, if God comes on the scene and calls that color green, it will be green. It will not be that it remains red and we're just changing the definition of it. The actual reality and substance of it will change into what God calls it. This is amazing. And this is God's prerogative because he's the creator. And we see in the book of Genesis how from the beginning it says, and God said this and it was so. And God said this and it was so. And God said this and it was so. So God creates by his word, and his word cannot fail. Let's read here in Isaiah 55. Now, why is it important that we understand this? Because if God has spoken certain things concerning history and concerning the end times, it means it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Doesn't matter what we see in the news, the word of God is forcing its way to fulfillment in our days. And those who are acquainted with the word of God and understand how forceful the word of God is, we will know how to position and prepare ourselves for that. Then let's look here at Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 10. It says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, verse 11, 
so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty or fruitless, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So God's word is prophecy, and those prophecies cannot fail. And the illustration here from Isaiah is that in the same way that the rain comes down and the snow comes down and they don't return without watering the earth and bringing forth results, in the same way, God's word, God's pronouncements concerning your life, God's pronouncements concerning the course of history and concerning our days and the end times will come to pass. No matter what governments try to put in place, God's word will prevail. We're looking here at Psalm 119, verse 89. It says, forever, O Lord, David speaking, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Settled in heaven. So God's word is established. If you can get one revelation as a child of God, is one that the word of God cannot fail. And because of that, if you're born of the word of God, it also means that you carry this indestructible life, which is based on the word of God. Matthew 24, verse 35, Jesus speaking, he says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Heaven and earth may pass away. Imagine this. And this is the integrity of the word of God that God's words can not fail. And this is important because as we're looking in the course of history, moving towards the end times, moving towards the culmination of, of all that God has purposed, we must understand that the best thing we can do is get into the scriptures and know what God's word says because it will come to pass. It is so amazing that we have this privilege to know the future because God knows the end from the beginning and he calls those things which are not as though they are because he is outside of time. God is not in time. Many, many times my children ask me, okay, daddy, so who made God? Where does God come from? And I have to explain to them this difficult concept of time, that God is outside of time, and therefore he is not the great I was because he doesn't have a path. He is the great I am. He is. And so he is in the present, outside of time. And therefore he looks at a timeline as he set it from the beginning to the end, and he sees the course of human history going through, and he, through his word, is bringing his, his influence into, into creation and into history, and that is being fulfilled. And this is why it's so important for believers to agree with God, so important for believers to understand the power of prayer, for believers to understand the power of their words. And uh, there was a, an old preacher that said that the, the, the power of God's word in God's mouth is the same power of God's word in our mouths when we believe it. And so God's word cannot fail. It cannot fall to the ground. So we can expect that what we know concerning the scriptures and what we'll touch on over the next 
few weeks, is going to come to pass. Then principle number three, all of history is centered around Jesus Christ. And when we say Jesus Christ, we're not talking about just some religious figure that we made up in the figment of our imagination. We are talking about a historical figure, someone that actually existed. And the, the scholars have debated through all, all the debates and all the, all the research about whether Jesus actually existed. And there's extra biblical, outside Christianity, historians that can prove with evidence that Jesus did indeed exist. And so we're looking here at Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3, to see how all of history is actually centered around Jesus. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, wonderful, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, God's person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins or cleansed our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, I just want to highlight a few things from the scripture. Firstly, Jesus is appointed heir of all things. He is Lord of lords. So as we go through this series, you will begin to get a sense that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. I mean, if you've got high regard for presidents and, and all sorts of dignitaries, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king of kings, and he's been appointed as heir of all things. And then it says that he is the express image, the effulgence, the glory of the Father. If you want to know who God is, you look at Jesus. And it says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. This is awesome. Jesus upholds all things. So he upholds the whole existence by the word of it. This is real lordship. <laughs> this is real kingship. Not just someone who got voted in. I'm talking about Lord. And so he is the one around whom history is centered. We're looking here at John chapter 1, reading from verse 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses. So just follow me. It's important that you see here the manifestation of Jesus into the earth and how it affects the world. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Without the Word was not anything made that was made. Remember, we spoke about how God does everything through his Word. So he creates everything through his Word. Without him, not anything was made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. You see there, nothing can overcome the word of God. Hallelujah. And then we go here to verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness 
about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people, the Jewish people, did not receive him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh, hallelujah. God's word is so amazing that it manifested, hallelujah, it manifested among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. It says, John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 16, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God who is at the Father's side. Hmm? No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And so it is important that we understand that Jesus is the, he is the focus of all existence. In the manifested reality, in the manifested world on earth, the person of Jesus is the most important, most significant person. And he invites us into the light. He invites us into life. He invites us into relationship with him. And he is the one who is appointed judge at the end of the age who will oversee the undoing of the previous age and the ushering in of the, new, of the new time. And it is so important that we have this understanding. We're reading here, Luke chapter 24 from verse 26. It says, this is Jesus, after he's raised from the dead, walking with these gentlemen on the road to Emmaus. And they were discussing about how uh, Jesus was crucified just a few days ago. They were disciples and were discouraged. And so Jesus catches them on the road and starts speaking to them. He says, he says this in verse 26. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning, verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. So from the beginning, Moses is the first five books of the, of the scriptures. Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. And, and so it, it is important that you understand, and Numbers, it is important that you understand that all of those are types and shadows foreshadowing the coming of Christ because all of history is centered around Jesus. And you ask yourself, if all of history is centered around Jesus, why are you making your life centered around yourself? You are to realize that your life should also be centered around Christ, around Christ. 
We're looking here at Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through to 19. This is Jesus speaking, and we will see here his testimony about the importance of the word of God and the law and the prophets concerning him. And so he says here in verse 17, Do not think that I came to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Hallelujah. God's word cannot be broken. The prophecies he's spoken from the beginning will be fulfilled, and Jesus has come to fulfill it. No word of God can be broken. It must find its fulfillment. Verse 18, For I assure you and most solemnly say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of the pen will pass from the law until all things which it foreshadowed are accomplished. So whoever breaks one of the least important of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will, call, will be called least important in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them, he will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus here is amplifying God's word that was foreshadowing his birth. And Jesus, when, when we think of this, when we think that Jesus is a manifestation of God's word, we must understand that that is a sign, that is proof and evidence of the power of God's word and the, 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 the impact of the words and prophecies that God has spoken. You know, the word of God will affect you whether you like it or not. It's either the rock falls, you fall on the rock or the rock falls on you. It's one of those things. Either you come to Christ or eventually Christ comes to you. Either he is your savior or you will meet him as judge and avenger. And it is so important that the word of God is not far from us. In fact, it is near to us. In fact, it has become tabernacled among us. He's, he was called Emmanuel, God with us. So God has, has so much love for humanity that he sent his word to them. He sent Jesus to them. He sent the manifestation of all prophecies, the culmination of the law and the prophets. He sent to us so that we can hear them. I'm reminded of the, of the story of Lazarus, the, the rich man. Uh, Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus was the, the, the poor man on, uh, outside the door of the rich man's house. And the rich man lived a good life and then it, it speaks of how he dies and he goes to hell. And then Lazarus dies and he goes to Abraham's bosom or embrace. And, and that is paradise. And so then there is this um, account where he explains how the rich man is, is, is languishing in hell. And he looks up and he sees Lazarus in the arms of, of Father Abraham. And he says, please, please, I'm, I'm dying here of thirst. Can Lazarus please go take his finger? Still sending the guy around. Go, can Lazarus go take his finger, dip it in water, and please come and cool my thirst? And so he says, no, between us, there is this separation. Abraham tells him that, and you cannot come here. We can't come there. And then he says, okay, then please send Lazarus to go and tell my brothers and my family. Go and tell them so that they don't come here. So that they don't follow the same course of life that I have. And this is a very unique, very unique account. This is what Abraham says. He says that if they have Moses and the law and the prophets, let them listen to them. If they don't listen to them, even if someone comes back from the dead, they will not listen. 
And it is so important that the word of God is going out. And even for us, last week, Philip was speaking about the importance of reaching out. What's the, what's the mission that we have? We have the mission to share this word. We have the mission to tell people. We have the mission to be carriers and witnesses of the word of God, testifying about God's word wherever we go. And so we realize here that the word of God is central to all creation, and Jesus is the manifested word of God which is central to all creation. It's amazing. We'll touch a little bit more next week, but if you look at our timeline and you consider the date that we have today, right? And it's, it's going to be, I think it's the 4th, it's the 4th of October. It is important that you understand that that is the 4th of October, 2020. That's 2,020 years. But what was year zero? Year zero is considered to be the time of the birth of Christ. And we've got this uh, reference called BC or AD. So anytime before that year zero, we consider it to be BC. So meaning like 300 BC or 4,000 BC. And after the, after the birth of Christ, we call it AD, Anno Domini, the, the, the year of our Lord. And now there's so many efforts to try and change that kind of notation to, to something more like common era or something like that. But we understand that when you, when you cite the date, every time you cite the date, you are actually testifying to yourself that Jesus was on this planet, that Jesus lived 20, 20 years ago, Jesus lived. And it is important that you begin to have this mindset and understanding that all of Jesus, all of, all of history is centered around Jesus. We'll speak next week a little bit more about the Jewish calendar. According to the Jewish calendar, it's not the year 2020, but it's the year 5,781. And if you consider the genealogies that we see in the New Testament and Old Testament, you'll actually think that, you'll realize that civilization from Adam and Eve through to Jesus is about 4,000 years. And then from Jesus through to us is about 2,020 years. So that means civilization in terms of God's timeline is actually about 6,000 years. And that's where many of the ideas come through to say that we are now entering into the seventh year the seventh day, so to speak. Why? Because to God, one day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like one day. And so there's lots of speculation to say, if we are in the year 5,000 going into 6,000, we are in those last, last, last days. The key here is to understand that all of history is about Jesus. It's centered around Jesus. And then the last principle is that God has a timeline. God has a timeline. We may make our plans and have our, our ideas and you're thinking, okay, next year I'm going to relocate to Australia. Africa is getting a little bit hectic. Or if you're in the USA, you're thinking, no, I'm going to move back to Ghana, you know, to the motherland, you know, where there's no discrimination or whatever. There's only tribalism and things like that. <laughs> and you're making your plans and all of that because you feel like you're going to live forever. But we must understand that that is such massive presumption. Looking here at Acts chapter 1, verse 6, after the resurrection of Jesus, he's meeting with his disciples before his ascension. And he says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, 
and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to, into the ends of the earth. So they're asking a question about their timeline. And saying, Lord, we expected Israel to now be freed from the Romans. We expected the kingdom to be restored as the prophecies are going. And Jesus tells them, the times and the seasons are in the purview of the Father. God has his timeline. You have your timeline. But under God's timeline, your mission should be that you fulfill the manifestation of the work of Christ, which is that you have the Holy Spirit in you so that you can be a witness, a witness to all the nations according to God's timeline until we reach the end of God's time. And you must understand, I said it before to our church, Jesus is a political leader. He is a, he's a king. He's not a religious leader. Jesus is a king. He is a Lord. So his kingdom is coming and you must choose. Either you are for him or you are against him. And he's already proved that he is for you. He's imploring each one of you. You might be here. There's somebody listening to me. You are not born again. You've, you've thought, oh, I don't want to be religious. Oh, I don't want this religion and, and, and do's and don'ts. I'm calling you into the kingdom. I'm inviting you into citizenship. I'm inviting you into relationship, into the royal family. I'm inviting you and may God open your eyes that you will realize that Jesus Christ is a true, a real person and that he died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago and he was raised from the dead. He ascended into heaven and he will return according to God's timeline to rescue those who have put their faith in him. And not, not, not to deal again with sins, but to deal now with enemies. And so God has made a way for the forgiveness of sins. Receive him, receive him today. So as a recap, the first principle, God does everything by his word. Secondly, God, God's words cannot fail. God's prophecies, prophetic revelation cannot fail. Number three, all of history is centered around Jesus Christ, the son of God, the express image of the father. And number four, God has a timeline. And over the next few weeks, we will learn more about God's timeline and the prophecies that he's released. Now, we're going to take some time now to consider our hearts and to pray. And I want to ask you to consider your values in light of the way that you're living, in light of the things that you're valuing, the ambitions that you have in your heart, the plans that you have, your lifestyle. Are you busy? Are you busy with God's mission? Are you, are you internalizing God's values? Are you living consistent with what is God's revelation of what is true and what is good. If you are not, today is the day to repent. Today is the day to realize, my goodness, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong about the way that I'm living? What if I'm wrong? All these things that I consider to be important, they might mean nothing to me by the weekend. Today is the day of salvation. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? and to forfeit his soul. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? These are the words 
of Jesus Christ. He says, do not fear those who can destroy the body and after destroying the body cannot do anything else. But fear God who after destroying the body can cast the soul into hell. And Jesus said that it is not the Father's desire that any man perish, but that all come to him. And that all who come to him, he will by no means reject. Today is your day to answer the call. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I want to encourage us over the next few weeks, make deliberate changes in your life. How you spend your money, how you spend your time, what you, what you value in your life. I, I'm not saying you're going to quit your job over the next three weeks. And if that's what God is telling you, so be it. But it's important that as families, as individuals, wherever you are, begin to make those changes. There is not much time. There is not much time. Let's live in such a way that we are wise, understanding the values of God. And then consider that you might meet Christ tonight. Tonight, the parable is told about the man who was very wealthy and successful in his business. And after retirement, he said, my soul, everything is good now. Let's relax. And the, the spirit told him, look, today, you fool. He called him, you fool. Today, your soul is required of you. And so let's consider our values. Let's consider that Jesus is the center of all existence. He's the center. He's the crux of all our lives. If our lives are centered only around Jesus as we do our work, around Jesus as we do marriage, around Jesus as we do our, our friendships, as we do our sport, whatever we do, that we do it with the focus and the centrality of Christ. If we do that, then there's no way that we'll miss God's way of living in these days. We look forward to sharing more over the next few weeks. And I'm going to pray for us right now that the Holy Spirit will prepare us and begin this work in us consistent with His will. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now over every single person under the sound of my voice, Lord, listening wherever they may be. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for revelation. Unlock, open our eyes, Lord that we will be able to understand what your word is showing us. Thank you, Father, that your word cannot return void. As, as it goes out, it's going to transform us, Lord. Father, help us in the areas where we need to repent, where we need to come back to you, where we need to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I've been living. I put my faith in you, Jesus. And Father, for those of us who are born again, give us confidence in Christ that we will continue on this path of having Jesus Christ as Lord and Jesus Christ in the center of our lives and in the center of our worlds. In Jesus' name we pray. May God, may God continue. Father, may you continue, Lord, to, to touch people's lives, Lord. Even in these times of pandemics and all, all sorts of corona fears and turmoil around the world, that will be unmovable and unshakable because we are founded on the words of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have committed your life to Christ, please contact the number that you see on your screen, the email. Send us something so that we're able to walk with you in discipleship. I want to encourage you with with all the material that will come through to us that we join the connect group meetings and go through the connect group discussions allow this word to bear fruit in your heart so that we can glorify god together may god bless you 
Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Continue to like and, and share uh, all, of, all the materials that we're putting on. Continue to subscribe and join us on all the various platforms. Join us for prayer tomorrow and may God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.